Hey, what's up? Hello, friends. This is Bonefish coming at you at a slightly higher BPM. This morning, we are recording for the first time. AM. In the morning. Um, and you somehow sound sleepier. <laughs> do I? Yeah. I've had one cup of coffee. I'll probably drink more, but we're, we're, we're slow people. We're slow podcasters, and uh, that's okay. What's up, Christian? Not much, dude. Caught the premiere of the restored 4K IMAX version of Stop Making Sense on Monday Ooh. night. Ooh, where, where was that? I was at the AMC at City Walk Hollywood. Gotcha. Uh, we should say this is the Talking Heads. This is the Talking Heads. Re-release. Of re-release their- of their iconic uh, concert film directed by Jonathan Demme. It was tight. I had actually never seen it before. I've never seen it, yeah. You know, he's got the big suit and everything. Even bigger on an IMAX screen, let me tell you. Probably the biggest that David Byrne suit has ever looked. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. How about you? Cool. Not much, man. Just listening to music. Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. You just get get home, turn all the lights off, put your blindfold on. Yeah. I go into my... Um... Fire up your... 5.1 surround sound. Yeah, I go into my sensory deprivation tank. Your sound yurt. <laughs> <laughs> and just play music for 24 hours straight. Nice. No, not, not much. Um, ready to talk about the new Animal Collective. The new Animal Collective is here. Isn't it now? It is now. Now's the time. <laughs> Now's the time. We're recording this just a little bit before release date. So yeah, this is the band's 12th studio album. I count it kind of as their, their 13th album because I count Holanda Gain as, as an album, even though it's live, but it's all new, new material. Gotcha. It's a quick follow-up to Time Skiffs. Mm-hmm. About a year and a half after Time Skiffs released, this originated from the same kind of sessions. Right. Well, this all kind of goes back to five years ago from the, the New Orleans this music box show that three three of the members did without Panda Bear. And then they all reconvened in 2019 somewhere in like remote Tennessee to, to workshop these songs and yeah, Leopard Leper Fork? Liper Fork? Liper's Fork or something like that. Yep. Um, Renting a cabin in a bucolic countryside, so says the album advance information. Yeah, and they came away with, I think, like 20 songs or something like that. Anyway. They came away with what would make up both Time Skiffs and Isn't It Now. Yeah, and so maybe, you know, in an alternate universe, this would have been all just maybe one album, one massive double album. Hmm. or an album and an EP. 
But because of COVID, time skips was re- recorded remotely, and and this one was, of course, done in real life. Yeah, sort of interesting that they, I guess they like took that big batch of songs, divvied them up based on kind of, okay, what do we think we can get away with recording remotely, sort of to a click, and then what do we know we need to be in the room for all together? And so, isn't it now? Is the group of songs they decided they needed to be breathing the same air for? Yeah. To do so, they recruited the producer... Russell Elevato. Russell Elevato. Yeah, he's worked with Kamasi Washington, D'Angelo... He's a big analog nerd, and so it gives this album, yeah, kind of like a a retro, kind of almost 70s vibe. Maybe a little bit more than time skips, but... Yeah, definitely um, some heft, some low end. Yeah. So I've only, I've listened to this album twice. Yeah, twice. Um, so pretty, pretty, pretty fresh impressions. So pretty for you. fresh. So we're gonna kind of. This is this is a disclaimer. We've <laughs> uh, we've been listening on the fly. I've listened to it a, a handful of more times than that. I would say. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, still pretty, still pretty fresh for our ears. I feel like think? what's the proper album test? I mean, sometimes it could take years, but on average, I feel like what three to five listens is. Yeah, I think for me, albums deserve that, you know? For sure. Yeah, to really solidify a well-informed impression. Yeah. So yeah, all that to say is pretty pretty fresh for us still, pretty new. We did our anticipatory It Is Not Yet Now podcast, where we kind of anticipated this record via some of the live tracks. Of course, we've had Soul Capture and Defeat now for a minute, mm-hmm. but... uh here we've got the whole thing. Yeah, we got the Soul Capture track one, but it's extended. Got that intro. Yeah, so do you want to, I mean, should we go track by track? Do you want to do like sort happens. of first impress? Do you want to kind of give a top line reaction first, or should we want to save that for the end, or what do you think? I've been listening to these songs for four years, and Time Skips definitely uh, surprised me. Mm-hmm. I like the songs more. I think I've said that before. So far, like these songs is, are kind of like what I expected, and there's some, definitely some interesting like flourishes that they added to some songs. I'm kind of thinking of there's like a guitar solo at the end of Magicians from Baltimore. It sounds like <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. And that combined with kind of the the ragtime Deacon piano is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, uh, makes me makes me hear the song in a different way because I was never super hot on that song. It, it seemed to just kind of like swim around and and not go anywhere, you know, that sticks out to me. Um, Yeah. Because this album was the one they decided to like wait and record all together. It makes sense that, yeah, maybe the songs overall are a little less surprising, sort of more or less what I expected, I guess, based on the the live boots. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the palette is very similar to time skiffs. Yeah. You know, a lot of like the issue with, Albums in quick succession, like the one-two punch, like a like a say a Kid A and then an Amnesiac uh-huh. talking about Radiohead. Though a lot of people 
love the follow-up to Kid A Amnesiac, and some like it even more, to me it seemed like kind of like the Leftovers album, mm-hmm. even though it's still a good album. Yeah. I don't know. Can you do you think you can say that about this new one compared to Time Skiffs? Like, do these feel like leftovers? I guess process-wise, they're not because they decided to the songs they decided to record were based on just what was easier remotely. And yeah. I know they said some of the Panda Bear songs were were harder to do remotely with time skiffs. So hmm. So that was a factor, not necessarily like, oh, let's just front load time skips with the best stuff and then whatever's left, come out with this one. Because I definitely think the Panda Bear songs are stronger on Isn't It Now. I agree, yeah. And if you wanted to make a, I think fans are already doing this, make an edit of one album. Make a super album? Like, yeah. wait, are they combining both track lists and including them all? Or are I would they do, like keeping it? Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're just making new track lists out of the two albums. You know, that's always fun. My small edit, if, you know, just for fun's sake, I mean, I'm happy that the band put put this out as it is, you know, like totally. Um, I would switch out Car, Keys, and Walker for Broke Zodiac and Gemini. Gotcha. That would make a, a, a good out, like that album even better. You're not saying you would put Car, Keys, and Walker on Isn't It Now, but you're just saying you would swap the Panda Bear tracks. Yeah, I would take you. out I would take out Car, Keys, and Walker from Time Skiffs and replace them with... Interesting. Yeah, broke Zodiac and Gemini. But uh Yeah. I yeah, mean, does this feel does this feel like even though the band said that, you know, the reason why certain songs are coming out now is because of the, you know, COVID and all that, does this still feel does this feel like a leftovers album to you or not? Or I mean, I, I think leftovers definitely Yeah, that's a spicy word. Yeah, um, has a <laughs> you know, pejorative connotation. I, I would say on the one hand, no, like they, they certainly don't feel like, doesn't feel like what they usually do with like their post-album EP, which is kind of like, oh, here's a couple extra ones from this era that we dug but couldn't fit on the album. I think the albums can definitely stand apart, but I think, yeah, that, you know, it is sort of unusual for this band in the sense that they do both occupy the same sonic palette yeah. The albums do sound different, isn't it now? It definitely sounds more live, maybe slightly like looser in that sense. Maybe if you're not yeah, playing with a click, but you're playing together. Like like yeah. I think a soul capture feels a very Yeah, isn't it now seems a little looser and maybe more downcast a little bit. Yeah. I like the uh like the kind of little ambient segues on time skips, like at the end of Presser John and mm-hmm. I wish there was kind of more of that on this album, but you have like Defeat, which there's, you know, Defeat next to Magicians in Baltimore. It's it's a pretty languid, drawn-out section of the album. Yeah, and I mean, the first two songs are like put together like almost 15 or 16 minutes long. Like it's definitely sort of... It's funny because Time Skips of the Time felt like, oh, like they sound like a band again, but it's sort of like a more chill, laid-back, kind of, I guess, calmer, calmer band. And I think Isn't It Now is even is even less sort of like energetic, I guess, is even even more on the kind of, yeah, I guess, more somber, spacious, really, really takes his time, really isn't, really isn't in a hurry, with yeah. a few exceptions. But, um, I mean, I like, yeah, I like the, the kind of stately Renaissance vibes, like on the, with Deacon's Hurdy Gurdy is back, and then just some of the piano lines and, yeah, the chanting. Yeah, like Broke Zodiac, 
it's maybe the shortest song on the album, but that's kind of like, yeah, it's got this kind of like elegant kind of swoon, mm-hmm. kind of really cool. It's interesting that they started the album with like the, the vocal mishmash stuff. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we ex- just get into track by track? We can start with Soul Capture. We heard the single version, but now we have the added intro. You know, the first thing we hear is like those nature sounds, which is an interesting sort of... Yes. Interesting choice for the very first thing. It goes from nature sounds right into like, yeah, basically like studio chatter is kind of what it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, well, I don't like. think we've ever really heard that before. Yeah, like voice collage. Sounds like yeah, in the control room sort of stuff, which is, I'd say, pretty common for if you're going to hear like weird, weird tape like spliced into songs, you know, like studio room chatter is like a common use for other bands. Like the first thing it sounds like someone says is it climbs out of the woods. <laughs> Okay. I've picked up oh, a couple little snippets here and there. Yeah, there's... And then, uh, join us and have a wonderful day. It kind of reminds me almost of the, of the beginning of Centipede Hurts yeah. a little bit. Uh, it's fresh in the mind because we just potted about that. But, but um, I was thinking that too. And then it sounds like, it's interesting, the very end of it, it says like, 30 seconds is pretty good, huh? And then like the song starts. And it's yeah. right at about 30 seconds into the intro. It's almost like this self-aware, like, yeah, okay, we've done a long enough intro. Let's get into it. And then Soul Capture comes in. It's cool. I don't. I don't know if it adds a, a ton for me to this song. It's cool to, to start the album this way, though. I think it's it's a little more interesting, a little more characteristic of them than just going straight into soul capture. But yeah, how has it changed at all for you since first hearing it, or how how is this song kind of uh, how's not, it stand for you right not now? Not really. I think it, it's cool. Yeah, um, I thought it's been cool for a while. I like the yeah the the, the layered guitars. Yeah, it sounds like like a 60s song or something. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Feels era, like palette. Just kind of like the, I mean, the song definitely doesn't sound like a Feels song, but weird detuned guitars, like minimal drumming, but like mm-hmm. a pretty steady groove. I dig the chord change that's like sort of in that section. It sort of sounds like one that's like a little uncharacteristic of them. It's when he goes like, life is a ring around its finger. And then... uh yeah, obviously love those panda bear backing vokes at the end of those little yeah chorus lines. Love hearing classic, them. Classic for sure. Hop on each other's vocals like that. I, the song really sort of steps up in the second half for me, like around 341. Those like, ooh, come tempt me. Vocals yeah. come in and that cool little guitar line. And then there's that kind of vocal drone that yeah. kind of sits on that one note at the end, which is cool. It I always dig re- when bands do that, kind of like... It kind of reminds me of the way car keys kind of dissolved as well. Mm, with Yeah. You get D- Geo's hurdy-gurdy comes in, and then you kind of just had the vocal drone, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I could see I could see this being like a cool live, like kind of morphing into like a sort of extended jam or something at the end. Like you have the the drums get a little more exciting, and yeah... Could see that being a fun one in the pit. Genius. What do you, uh, what's, what's your soul capture, Justin? Do you have a soul capture in your life? Um, my phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's everyone's, huh? Probably. That's what I think about when I hear this, the thing we're both looking at right now, reading our notes off of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think it makes sense as a single, this track. I think <clears throat> we can talk a little bit more. Maybe when we get to other ones. I think, uh, it's an interesting choice to follow Defeat. Like, I wonder if we, had, if they had thrown one of the Panda Bear tracks 
if they had released one of those instead of Soul Capture after defeat. It's interesting to think like how anticipation for this album might be might be different or similar. Yeah. Cool song. Number two, Genie's Open. Which uh used to be called CLI. I think this came out of the Sung Tongs tour, the twenty eighteen Sung Tongs tour, I think. They played it then? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It what? Was, yeah, it was a different version. Um, like just acoustic guitars? Yeah, and it was called Sea of Light. And I think part of that song is... Sea of Light or Sea A Light? Sea of Light. Okay, yeah, because they obviously sing that. Which Whoa. I always thought would be a cool album title for mm. for this. But they didn't pick that. No. They did not pick that. That's crazy. I wonder, there's got to be some versions of that out. I would love to hear an acoustic yeah. all version. That would be... Yeah, it's flowing. It's it's out there. Okay. got this kind of quality like yeah like I I picture like a ship at sea like approaching land or something like you know kind of like a procession or something yeah it's totally yeah I, I dig this one it's a weird it's a weird song I think the hearing the studio version there's definitely some big details that sort of jump out that I didn't really get in the live versions I heard like that sort of staccato bass throughout I feel like it's really yeah. important to kind of the the vibe of the yeah like the sort of feel and groove of the song I think that really comes across strongly on the studio version and yeah it's it's interesting it's sort of like almost kraut rocky just kind of staying on that kind of groove there's those long melodic lines and then yeah the second part sort of the groove change up it's like like you said we've been we've been sailing you know across this dark and stormy sea and then suddenly we make it to the Sea of Light. What do you think of that, like, B part of the song when that sort of more dancey groove comes in? It's, it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun. Like, it sounds to me, it's like the classic kind of, yeah, like, it's party time ending track, but it's not the last song. It's track two. Yeah. Which is interesting. The big uh, time signature change. It makes sense. It's like a, it's a pretty welcome change of pace after that kind of just continuous throb. The first part of the song, I, I think at some point it gets it's like a little punishing with that bass and just kind of staying on that in-between tempo where it's like you can't really dance, you can't really, and then suddenly it breaks. And yeah, it's cool. It's I think the sea of light, sea of light part gets maybe a little, little happy-dappy for me kind of at the end, but it's still cool to hear. Noah and yeah. Dave kind of sing off each other on those lines. Yeah, it seems always, a little... always it's, nice to hear that. It seems a little mailed in. Like you said, happy dappy.
Yeah. What What is it about that? What like I wonder. I wonder why, why does it bother both? us? Huh? Why does it bother us? <laughs> yeah, or just why? We're just not happy, happy people right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, I do like the like the first part of the song better, and I am glad there's like a distinct change, but I don't know, loses a little steam maybe for me after after that shift. How about what's what do they say at the end? Couldn't I, shouldn't I walk in the woods? It's like a weird kind of ending on that song. Oh, that's how the song ends? Yeah, did you catch that? No, I didn't. Let me play it for you really quick, because I want to hear it. I should have walked carefully. I hear like a couldn't, a shouldn't, a. It's almost like a Looney Tunes, like <laughs> Elmer Fudd. Like. It's like they changed their mind like mid song. Yeah. Anyway. Broke Zodiac. Broke Zodi. Shortest song on the album. Shortest song on the longest album they've Shortest released. I, I like this one. Yeah, dude. This one I've, I've remembered since they've played it live. Catchy ass riff, dude. I love the I love Dave's bass. Yeah, yeah, the bass with that little dun, dun, keys line. Boom! Really it's, nice. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, to me, this song it's cool that like the instrumentation. It sort of sounds like something that Noah might have like sampled for like a, one of his earlier albums, but it's obviously like a full band, like fully fleshed out instrumentation. But you know what I mean—the little sort of like breezy beach vibes. Yeah, I had that thought, like, oh, you could almost, like, sample this, make it sound crunchy. It can be almost I, I, like a yeah, old-style old Panda Bear song. Yeah, I picture, like, being in, like, a garden, like, like a palace garden or something. Ooh, like, I like that. Yeah, like a, a long time ago or something. That's nice. Just, yeah, vibing, vibing in the, the... Kind of a sad chorus. Something about angels kept in cages. I don't like that. Ooh. It sounds cool. Free free to angels. I also really like the like vapors line at the end. Vapors. Kind of says a little weird. Yeah, I dig this one. I've 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 always dug it. Um and pretty pretty faithful to the live version that they've been playing. Yeah, definitely to the one I listened to for our preview pod. This yeah, sounds pretty close. I feel like this has single potential. It's passed over for now, but yeah, I mean, I could you could hear this playing on like KCRW or something. This could get some radio play. Yeah, faux show. Magicians from Baltimore clocking in at a nine nine twenty seven nine minutes and twenty seven seconds. Another hefty boy. AV song. Yeah, what a journey this song is. Sort of a weird one. I really really dig the intro kind of the spacey versus just like a, I feel like it's a cool integration, which they're really good at. It's a cool integration of like live instrumentation with their like soundscapey side. Like I dig how those, those little drum hits and then those crazy sound effects kind of sound like they're like flowing off the cymbals. Like it's really well sort of. Yeah. It's very multidimensional. Sort of integrated, very headphones-y. 
Yeah. Like the little tinkle, tinkly sounds and then... Definitely very physical. Warbly, um, warbly tones. It's crazy how they, how do they time that? It's yeah. Magic, bro. Magic. From Baltimore. This one changed. I feel like it changed a bit. Like there's, the ending has kind of like filtered yeah. AV vocals. And then, yeah, like, yeah, like I, mean, I the, said, like, it sounds like guitar, like a guitar solo. It's like guitar whales. It's like, it's yeah. sort of, <laughs> Funny sounding, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, the the high on the Magnolia part, not not my favorite on this song, at least. Yeah, I think it maybe has to do with a little bit the sort of instrumental change towards the end. Those guitar whales, sort of funny to me. And then, yeah, that chimey piano. What did you say earlier? I wrote down it comes in all vaudeville. It's <laughs> a good call. Very vaudeville, yeah. Would you say like ragtime? Yeah, it feels a little sort of a sort of a weird journey from like a cool, desolate beginning into kind of a... Yeah, it goes, takes takes interesting turns. Yeah, it goes, I mean, they didn't play this when they first workshopped some of these songs in New Orleans at the Music Box show in 2018, but I could definitely hear this coming from that. I mean, it does have like kind of a NOLA vibe to it. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. You got some, like I said, some like kind of almost like a ragtimey piano at the end as well. And from there, we go into Defeat, Monster Track, which we've heard before. We did a whole pod breaking down. Yeah, we don't have to go too deep, really. Um, I think it's one of my favorite songs of the year so far, dude. Really? I love this song. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Like, cool. I, like listening to it in pre- preparation for this episode, I was like, you know, listening through the track list, I was like, oh, I'll probably skip Defeat so long. I've heard it a handful of times, but I always... As soon as I hear those first little soft droney sounds, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm in, dude. Like it's, yeah, man. It's just it's it's a it's a rewarding odyssey, you know. I, I mean, I think a it's just it's cool to hear them do something big and epic like this, like a, a really long track. Like I, I love it when bands do that, whether they be like sort of prog rock bands or like <laughs> like even I think of like a. Impossible Soul by Sufjan Stevens. That's like a another track. That's like a entire side of a disc. Mm-hmm. Like a long. Yeah, that's Age of Ads. Yeah, Age yeah. of Odds. Yeah. Yeah, I like the middle like, section best on Defeat when it kind of picks up. Yeah, the upbeat part. Yeah, yeah, I dig that part too. I really like the Once on a Good Day part. Just yeah, so gorgeous cool. after the. After that kind of sped up part. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love the wandering, sort of tumbling, soft and warm, but mournful sounds of this track. It's like, it's it's very meditative. It kind of has like that cosmic, it's sort of cosmic in scale. Like I I mentioned it a little bit on our Defeat pod, but Mm -hmm. I kind of read it as like this microcosmic story of the evolution of consciousness. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah, that build-up's really exciting. I kind of almost get like Phil Collins vibes from when they're doing those voice. Like, Really? <laughs> maybe I just think I'm in Tarzan world, but when like the build-up happens... Oh, and when doing it's like Jumanji? Kind of, <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> swinging through the jungle from some vines, you know? I mean, it's like classic Animal Collective. Yeah. You're on top of your game when you're coming of age... Praise for the underdog. 
some lyrics that kind of stick out. I wonder too if the song is sort of a reflection on their own careers or just like the artistic journey. But yeah, dude, the horns at like 15, 20 in the song, that horns that go into the second once on a good day part, it's like, come on, so gorgeous. Uh, oh, there's horns on this? There's like this horn sounds. I don't know if it's actual horns, but yeah, that 15, 20 part certainly sounds like horns to me. And then, yeah, isn't it now? It comes from the lyrics on this song. Yeah, this one's really like, what, Defeat. four songs, kind of? Yeah. I'd say. Really dig this part of the song, how the synth sort of kind of like slides down between mm-hmm. when they says, isn't it now, and Defeat, sort mm-hmm. of like directly mirroring the kind of yeah sort of slumping over feeling form meets the concept. It's almost like the song's ability to maintain its its own pitch is defeated itself as it like slides down in that moment, kind of like Portamento style. And yeah. Noah and and Dave kind of singing off each other at the end as they both get weaker and weaker. Just a whisper at the end, you know. Like, this is how the world ends, not with a bang, with a whimper. Heavy. Uh, yeah, dude. Love this song. I mean, I think this is this is sort of the defeat album, right? I think like kind of in retrospect, sort of all built around this epic song. Yeah. And the yeah, I feel like the rest of the album sort of has characteristics of this track as well yeah it's interesting that they put it on the album and not as like a standalone yeah we sort of thought after they released it and had that vinyl only release we kind of thought oh that means it's its own thing this won't be on on the record but it's it's the centerpiece i guess my take on it is yeah it's i'm probably i probably don't like it as much as you it kind of like it kind of just like swims around you know Mm -hmm. and like Instead of like really going anywhere, but yeah, no, it has beautiful moments. I I love the buildup. I love the the once on a good day part. Yeah. So yeah, I like it. Probably won't return to it a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Yeah. Until the next time you do a heroic dose of psychedelics, and then you just yeah go on the fucking journey, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then you'll come out the other side and realize. Then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll make a playlist with. Realize it's a masterpiece. Make a playlist of f- 45 tracks of just defeat on it. <laughs> YouTube, 10 hours of defeat. <laughs> Jim and I. So, what do we make of the fact that both the Panda songs on this album are like astrological sign references? Mm. Dude's getting his horoscopes. He's in the cosmos, man. You know, he, <laughs> we we uh, both anticipated this track strongly. I think early fave for both of us. How do yeah. you feel? Do you does it give you the shaft, like Noah says in the lyrics, or uh, are you quick with a compliment? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I like this one a lot. Maybe my favorite song. Yeah, on, on the album. I think it's also the one that's changed the most. Maybe kind of definitely different. Got those bum bum, yeah, bum bum, and then there's like some garbly vocals from Panda Bear during parts of it. Yeah, and then the the chorus to me, there's like that sort of background or not background. It's pretty prominent. There's like that synth. Um, it's kind of like you know, yeah. quarter notes, eighth notes, I guess. I love Deacon's piano line, the kind of main melody. 
Um, they kind of turned it down a little bit, I feel like, mm -hmm. for the recording. Mm -hmm. This is another one that I remember them playing in 2019. Yeah, they played it when I saw them in Big Sur, definitely. Crack open another beer. <laughs> Let's get in it. Dude, Noah loves to sing about beer, man. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> yeah, we get someone that at some point's got to count all his references. Mm -hmm. Like, in Part of the Math, one of my all-time fave Panda Bear songs. You dance, get your cocktail on. <laughs> na, na, na. And then, um, isn't there one in Time Skiffs? Anyway, I don't have to search for him. I feel like there's oh. definitely a handful at this point. And on Reset, too. Or at least drink drink references. Maybe like a Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude loves his bebs. Loves beverages. Rock'em, sock'em, robots. Dude, crack open another one. Beer. Yeah, I, I dig that line, though. That's like the, uh, another tip to the golden years. We're probably in it. Like, yeah, man, the best time of our life. It's not in the past. It's right now. It's every day, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll count the Noah drank references. Yeah, I think I laughed out loud when I first heard this song. Saw it live. Jim and I? Yeah, but not in, like, a bad way. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, this is definitely... A band that is funny. Yeah. You know? I mean, he says we got the shaft in this song. <laughs> like, they can make you laugh, right? But then you're immediately like, whoa. Like, you, you <laughs> then you take them seriously almost. Like, you know? I think... Yeah. I think Just like, like us. You listen to Bonefish, you laugh, and then you're like, wait. Yeah. I take these guys seriously. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, so... Because I went into... I didn't listen to any bootlegs when I first heard these songs live. So, I, you know, the the show was the the new album, and uh, I didn't know what to expect at all. I didn't even know what, like, the lineup was or mm -hmm. anything. So, In 2019, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. And so I definitely remember, like, cracking up when, when the chorus to this kicked in. But, yeah, it's a dope song. Yeah, dude. Dope. Pretty, pretty in and out, pretty tactical, which more and more it's reflecting sort of Noah's style I feel like his songs are sort of outliers on this album for that reason not like not like a palette wise like but they're both like really brief really traditionally structured like verse chorus verse chorus and out sort of yeah interesting to see that that's I mean that that's basically reset right like it's the poppiest thing he's done yeah and then here is his, 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 his he's kind of staying true to to that format. I think generally, yeah, he's definitely more to the point than Dave. Stride right. Stride right. Deacon song in line with his other song from this era, Royal and Desire, you know, very downcast ballad led song. Yeah, pretty sad. Pretty fucking sad. <laughs> I like this song. Yeah. I like it. 
Um, you love Royal and Desire. I, I love Royal and Desire, man. That, that, that one fucks me up. <laughs> um, this one, not as like emotionally striking, maybe, as Royal mm. and Desire. But yeah, it, it's just cool to see Deacon take the lead. And like he's really gotten really good at playing piano in this mm-hmm. era. And I think we're about to get like a sick-ass Deacon solo piano album. Wow. Hopefully next year sometime. You think so, yeah. I know like he's been he's, he's, he's been dropping snippets and stuff and dropping he's been, snips. And said he's been really that's like priority number one has been to record a solo album, but I feel like yeah, I think we've talked about how like their music's kinda gotten sadder and yeah, this is definitely for sure. uh an example of that. Yep. I have sort of a deacon hot take. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so I love hot takes. So I think I mentioned on a previous episode that I think it was like Anthony Fantano or someone said that that Deacon's voice kind of sounds like a like weird like take on Jeff Mangum. I don't even know what Jeff Mangum sounds like. Neutral Milk Hotel? Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Um, Holy shit. I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's, it's really embarrassing. It blows my mind. Um, anyway, but, uh, it's not super germane because I don't think Deacon sounds like Jeff Mangum. But I do think Deacon sounds like Father John Misty. Wow. I can hear it. It sounds yeah, I can hear crazy it. when you hear it, but next time you listen to Stride Right or Royal Desire for that matter, dude's kind of yeah. sounds like Father John Misty. I think especially with Stride Right, there's like I mean it's kind of it's basically waltz. It's kind of like a waltz. It's very waltzy. So is actually Royal Desire. Royal yeah, Desire. it's got an elegance to it. And so does Father John Misty a little bit. And then there's um, that piano. It's kind of what I hear, dude. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can hear it. Um, I mean, Father John Misty's got a great voice. You know, no that, no shade. But yeah. that just is like, oh, dang. Yeah. I, I like Deacon's voice, you know? It's, yeah, me too. At times, it kind of sounds like Noah when they draw out the vocals. Hmm. I mean, I really we we got to do a a Deacon episode. We've been meaning to do one. Oops, all Deacon. Oops, all Deacon episode. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, I love it when they all sing together. Like on King's Walk, he sounds super good with the other two. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say that. Like, I feel like they're singing less all together than on Time Skips on this album. You think is that the case, or am I just not picking up on it? Um, That's a good question. I mean, we just got the full. Uh, Credits, so we can see literally what he's what he's what all these things on. If you want, oh, it says that. Notes. Yeah, it's got each tr- each tracks breakdown. What does what does Stride Right say? So Stride Right says they all sing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like Deacon sings on a lot of these tracks. Probably just backup stuff, but he's credited on almost every one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, confirmed. There is saxophone on Defeat, tenor sax, also some cello and violin. Yeah, that's cool. And a gong. All right, and then next up, we got the wild card. All the clubs are broken. All the clubs are broken. This is the only song we had not heard at all. Wow, I thought uh, my phone like malfunctioned and, and went to like a, a different artist or something. I, I I couldn't believe this is on the album. Pretty out of left field. Total vibe change. It's it. It sounds like a George Clinton song. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like something or like something off of like doggy style or like or or even um um to pimp a butterfly. It definitely Kendrick's album. Um Yeah. 
kind of like an interlude, sort of just fades in and fades out like a like a passing circus mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, it's got that like boom bap kind of rhythm. Everyone's a nine to five. I mean, judging from the title, you know, all living the clubs in a world broken. of trials. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. No, I'm just saying, judging from the title, all the clubs are broken. This is kind of like yearning for club life, club culture during COVID. And Do you remember to, my prediction for it? That it was about Billy Clubs or some shit? <laughs> no, I thought it was like a secret A cab track because all the clubs are broken, all the cops are. I don't get it. Do you know A cab? No, what is that? <laughs> Bro. So, so you had no idea what I was talking on a podcast. A cab is a acronym for all cops are bastards. Oh, okay. That's like very popular. Oh, I didn't got know a lot more popular after the summer of twenty twenty. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that acronym. Wow. Dang. I was just pretending to understand you. you so you've time. never heard Neutral Milk Hotel, and you don't know what A cab is. No, it's it's a, it's a what miracle that I planet. Are you from? It's a miracle that I get dressed every morning. <laughs> Um, no, it's all good. I, yeah, I, I thought it was. A, I thought it, but uh, yeah, it turns out probably your club uh, interpretation probably a bit more on on the mark. Um, here's the lyrics really quick, since we have the official ones. Living in a world of trials, tiles of every color, under an open bride, mystic worlds collide. They said they had never died. Everyone's a nine to five, barely placed in time, gone when it arrives. Mind in overdrive, nights of turning in goodbyes. This sounds like an AV song. Hmm. Yeah, do you think it, like, do you like it on this album? I mean, part of it, the sequencing to me too is part of the weirdness. I mean, it, it's hard to think of a place that it could fit better. It, but putting it after Stride Riot and before King's Walk, which is sort of this elegiac closer seems pretty weird to me. Like, I'm I'm really curious in general about sort of, like, the origins of this song. Like, it seems like maybe, maybe it was, like, a sketch of, sketch at one point that was maybe part of, like, a longer I mean, jam that they it seems like didn't purely really a, flesh out. It seems like purely a studio creation. It's just, it's interesting that, like, before this song, they're like, okay, so we have an hour's worth of material, but we need something else. And yeah. maybe they needed, they felt like they needed, like, a like a banger. But it's or, not, or, or something. But it's not really a bang. I mean, it's, it definitely is like. It's upbeat. It's upbeat, but it's it's, it's kind of like circular. Like it. It's like the most random thing they've ever done. Doesn't go or arrive. Like it's cool. Like I'm I'm into it when I'm listening to it. I like continuity, it's and I definitely like definitely interesting. I like yeah, I like when things fit into the vibe, you know. And then yeah, it's like it's a whole, you know. Yeah, I almost presented as a whole. Um, but yeah, it's another one of those Anco left turns. Feels like a segment. I don't doesn't mean it's like incomplete, I guess, but maybe maybe that's that is what I'm saying. It sort of sounds kind of I'm just reading some collected animals posts. A cab is bizarre and reminds me of Ariel Pink. Yeah, that's a good shout. A cab makes me think of both Lock Raven and one of the sections from MGMT Siberian Breaks. A cab is probably my favorite track. Generally oh. surprising and awesome little tune. Yeah. AV said he didn't really know how to write short songs, but we got ACAB. I hope ACAB is a sneak peek of their next sound. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, that is definitely doesn't sound, yeah, definitely doesn't sound to me like anything they've done in the past. 
A cab uh, is awesome. Certainly sounds like um, them, but in a definite. It seems like the way. heads like A cab. At least the kick in A cab is slapping me in the brain. It sounds so fucking good. <laughs> Even the like sort of squelchy like acid bass, like it's like A cab sounds like MGMT doing Scooby Doo. A cab. Man, they're really trying to tell us something, huh? See, that's what I was talking about. Sequencing is pretty great in my opinion. Maybe A cab after defeat would be funnier. <laughs> I mean that <laughs> Yeah, that that would be that's a good call. A cab is hilarious. Not sure what else to say. I fucking love A cab. It's been on repeat in my mind all the time. It's certainly an interesting one. The heads love A cab. Yeah, the, the message board. I love it. Message um, board bros. Anything else about ACAB? Yeah. <laughs> we're curious more than we're anything speechless else. over here in Bonefish yeah. HQ right now. Um, Animal Collective just smashing us over the face with a fucking quick burn banger. It's different. I like it. I like the differentness. This album is different, man. Genie's open. Different feet, different panda bear tracks. Maybe the maybe the some of the best, also maybe the least kind of surprising. But uh, this is a different album, and it closes with King's Walk, the sparse monastic yeah chant that sort of serves as an elegy. I've only listened to the studio version once. Um, it seems pretty faithful to the live version let me know if I'm wrong yeah no I mean it's basically vocals and like hurdy-gurdy right yeah and some some sound sound effects scattered in which I, I also will just say I feel like yeah overall the kind of sound effect integration on this album is is really cool <laughs> tastefully done listening to it in context of the album it feels to me sort of like a companion to defeat Mm. Obviously, it's short, but yeah. I think both lyrically and kind of vibe-wise, I see it as kind of a companion. I mean, the, the the lyrics of the song in total are, this old world's almost getting cooked. This old world's yeah. tougher than it looks. And then hold hands. I think another reason it feels like a sort of twin to Defeat is that it's got, like, whereas Defeat is maybe... At times, sort of, we're at the bottom of the barrel and defeat, you know, it's, we're defeated. And then King's Walk sort of maybe has a, adds a little reason to hope sort of at the end. It sort of like starts, A.V. sort of sinks to those lines. And then there's kind of a middle section with more Gregorian chanting harmonies. And then at Three minutes and 30 seconds, there's sort of that like crazy kind of atonal vocal that comes in, sort of out of left field, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I think this song works well as an ender, especially if you view it as kind of a coda to defeat. But um, yeah, what do you think of this track? I was never too hot on it. Um, I like the idea of just like vocalizing harmonies, you know, something like college or something, you know, where it's kind of mostly acapella on paper. I like that. Um, yeah, I like it when they hit the high notes, too, and this one sounds pretty, like, panda on top. Yeah. Avian Deacon 
lower down. I do remember the pretty tight. The like earlier live versions had AV and auto tune. Is that still on here? I don't remember. Like kind of in the background. I don't think so. Okay, that's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also there was like a section of defeat that had crazy auto tune at one point also. Yeah, there was a lot gone. more auto tune on these songs I remember, which was really weird when I first heard them. But the song, I mean, it fits into the the palette of the album, you know. King's Walk obviously like brings to mind like some sort of yeah procession or something like stately. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. I think it's a cool. I really like the like the direction and the vibe of, 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 of this era. It does feel new and fresh, which is cool. Got any other overall thoughts? Yeah, I like this album. I think in terms of being like a companion to Time Skiffs, definitely feels like that. Different album, same era. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty interested in what the tour behind this album will look like, if there will be a tour behind this album. I I mean, I'm guessing, I don't think, I don't think they're going to tour behind this album. Since they've been playing these songs now for several years. Because we've already been in this mode for five years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think definitely the sense from fans is like they, they want to kind of move on and what's yeah. next. Like it'd be cool if they if they toured for this and just dropped all new stuff like they used to do, you know? Yeah. All new stuff plus all the clubs are broken. <laughs> but I, I don't think they're going to I think like I think this is the end of an era, and I think mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna get a little quiet in the animal collective universe after this. Maybe you like this or time skips better or the same. <sighs> That's a tough one. I agree with you. I like the panda bear tracks both better on "Isn't It Now." I like I said, really love "Defeat," but as an album, I might be with time skiffs yeah i might like that a little better same also with the caveat of we've lived with that album for a while and this one is still pretty sort of fresh yeah this one's fresh i mean but what what i'll say is is like or at least for me i I knew knew what was coming for both albums Mm -hmm. and time skiffs surprised me and and i liked it more than i thought i would Mm -hmm. this is about what i expected i'd say yeah for isn't it now it's Mm -hmm. like Aside from a cab, yeah, it's it's what I expected, and that and that's cool. You know, that's 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 fine. Like, it's definitely a great fall album. I think this is, yeah, definitely golden leaves, sun going down or sun coming up. Yeah, you feel that dusk. Yeah, you feel that cool crisp air. Definitely throw throw this record on. Yeah, this is sort of silly, but. So an idea I had, what if we go like track by track shoot off? Like track one for each one, which one do we like better? Track two. A, a quick round robin? Yeah. Yeah, that, sure, go for that it. that sound good? Yeah. All right, so Dragon Slayer Dragon versus Slayer. Soul Capture. Dragon Slayer. Same. Pretty easy one for me. Yeah. Track two, Car Keys or Genie's Open. Genie's Open. I think I'm going Genie's too. But Car Keys, I like better live. 
Interesting. I yeah. thought it was, it, it kind of came off clunky in the recorded version. Mm. Kind of, to me, that's the A cab of time skips is car keys. Interesting. Car keys almost sounds like a Centipede Hearts song. This have like Rosie O vibes a little bit, huh? Kinda yeah, like, I think it is an older song too. Huh. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going Genie's Open too. I think I just, it's real different, real original. And uh, yeah, it feels more like a whole band song than a Car Keys, which feels pretty Noah-centric. Prester John versus Broke Zodiac. Tough one. Not for me, Prester John. Yeah. Prester John's like one of my favorite Anko songs of yeah, the past. Yeah, Prester John's beautiful. I think I'm going Prester as well. As much as I love Broke Zodi. Mm-hmm. Strong with Everything versus Magicians from Baltimore. I think we both know where we're going here. Strong. Yeah. Strong with Everything. I mean, it's like a party versus a funeral. Versus a funeral. <laughs> Walker versus Defeat. <laughs> this is pretty silly. Wow. Whatever. It's still kind of fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, not crazy about either. But I think I'll pick defeat. Yeah, I've got to do defeat after everything I've said about it. Cherokee versus Gemini. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's tricky. That's a tough one. Ooh, um, I don't know. Do you, what's your pick? I don't know. It's this tough. This is so hard. Like Cherokee t- sounds so much more like an animal collective song to me. Whereas yeah, Gemini ups. maybe sounds like a more panda bear song. Maybe yeah. that's unfair. But oh, yeah, that's tough. They're both super good. Draw. Draw. Call it a draw. All right. We'll, we each get one. Both drawing on that one. Passerby versus Stride Right. Passerby's grown on me. It was like my least favorite song on Time Skips, but it's like kind of grown on me. Yeah, definitely was a sleeper for me on Time Skips too, but I think I, 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 think I, think I would I'm, take it over Stride. I think I'm going with, yeah, same, Passerby. Yeah. Sorry, Deacon. Sorry, bud. Number eight. We go back versus all the clubs are broken. Yeah, we go back. I think I'm doing all clubs, dude. I'm into the freakiness. You're going to go with that? I think so. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I dig we go back. Don't get me wrong. But uh, We go back's awesome. And then uh, number nine, the last track, King's Walk versus Royal. Oh, they were both nine-track albums? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of why I wanted to do this, too. Interesting. Um... Yeah, no no competition for me. Royal and Desire. I'm Kings, dude. Wow. Not, I like Royal and Desire, but yeah, I like Kings Walk. Wow. I actually take back what I said about the album being like leftovers. That's too strong of a word. <laughs> I don't think these yeah. are leftovers. Right. Because clearly there were some songs that were really good that didn't make time skips because of recording logistics. So Yeah. Don't don't want don't want anyone to get it twisted. Right. We get what you mean. We get the spirit of the comments. But yeah, in the in the spirit of Isn't It Now being a sort of a second part to Time Skips or a different work in a similar yeah, the, body. The quick follow-up. Yeah. The part two. The part, the, the, 
the sequel sequel album. Yeah, we thought we'd chat about some other notable sequel albums and yes, see if we can draw some similarities. Yeah, we're like trying to think of um, other albums that like f- were in quick succession, kind of like a part two, very much the same vibe. And you, we mentioned Kid A and the Am- Amnesiac, which mm-hmm. definitely I feel like is sort of the which I feel like to me Amnesiac example. is sorry. I feel like Amnesiac does feel like leftovers. Really, and I know there's a lot of people out there who fucking love Amnesiac. I love Amnesiac. I like it. It's just like Kid yeah. A is just head and shoulders miles above. Amnesiac. I mean, Kid A was my favorite Radiohead album for a while. Same. That's like the millennials' favorite. Yeah, but there's definitely been periods of my life where I get, I've gotten pretty deep into Amnesiac and would say like at whatever time. Maybe I currently liked it more than Kid A. I mean, but that's one of the cool things about having, you know, decades-long relationships to artists and bands is, you know, you sort of, your views on their work change and at different times in your life, different parts of the work speak to you. Yeah. I feel like it's also a good comparison because it sort of seems like, isn't it now, in time skips, will chart a similar trajectory to Amnesiac and Kid A in the sense that, like, I feel like the second one in both of those instances is uh, a little bit, like, less critically acclaimed, less popular, but has its, like, mm-hmm. diehard fans. Imagine if they were uh, released in the reverse. Yeah. I've, mm. Like, do you think, like, if... Um, I mean, I haven't really seen reviews for Isn't It Now, but Time Skips was reviewed very well. That was, right. like, the comeback... AC record, the uh, the adult record, you know. But I wonder if like, isn't it now came out first? I want to say it would have still gotten a similar reception. I really, think. I think yeah. so. I think so because I mm. think I think what stood out in the ears of critics was like the changing emotional palette of the band and mm. the music, just kind of like a more like the gracefully aging album, kind of you know the the mm. more the more cohesive kind of chill comeback album. And that's what I think mattered. And both those albums have that. Yeah. Um, so I, that's my, I think that, that's interesting. That, that is my guess. But at the same time, like we both like time skips a little better. Oh, I like it, it. Yeah. I think I like it a lot better. I think like, I don't know. That's an interesting thought experiment. I mean, I think like, what about if you did it with kid A and amnesiac? Well, that's the thing. Like I think with both instances, I think they kind of, I don't know. I we think should both say bands, Kid A for, for, to explain things because it is, you know, we don't want to, uh, it's arrogant to assume things sometimes, but yeah, Kid A came out first. The Zoomers. Yeah, we're not. talking to you, Zoomers, <laughs> who don't even remember 9-11. It's so, <laughs> so sad. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Kid A came out first. Huge, critically acclaimed left turn album from a major rock band. Right. Which Time Skips definitely was not. We should we should make that demarcation. Like time skips was not not on the level of the kid. kid a. No, no, no. Of uh, yeah, but definitely we're just talking about the duality of the, yeah, the universally the praised. Two albums. Yeah, Kid A was yeah the the famous left turn by a big rock band. Time skips is more of the the comeback album and yeah, return to form. The in return a way. to form in a way. Yeah, the return to form in a way that also like shows the band's evolution and like maturity. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I th- I think like 
I think both Radiohead and Animal Collective would look at those two sets of songs, each respectively, and sort of gather intuitively that the ones they were putting out first would be like their best foot forward at that mm-hmm. time in the sense. Like, yeah, I, know, I mean, it's interesting. Like I think of like defeat being sort of the first like signpost for this album. And if like that was the, f- if like defeat was the first thing released following like the painting with era, mm-hmm. like how that would be received compared to, I guess, Prester John was sort of yeah. our first taste. I mean, I, I love Prester John. Right. Like that's maybe, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's one of my favorite ever, but it's some days it's, it's pretty high up there. So other albums in the zone, The Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. 1970, Working Man's Dead, American Beauty, both came out, I think, less than six months apart. Both very similar palette, kind of like the downcast around a campfire sound, but also two very short albums that could have like really been like maybe one album. Mm. I think I think one's like 35 minutes, the other one's like 45 or something. I don't know, but. Those I always kind of group together as one kind of one universe. Yeah. Um, and probably like their best studio recordings. Did those two albums kind of say, come out of the same sort of Genesis period? or were Good they... question. I don't know. Speaking of thought experiments, it's interesting to think also too about like, would Animal Collective have done this sort of two album thing? if the pandemic didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it could have been one double album and like maybe Defeat would have been like the follow-up EP, maybe. Because mm-hmm. all of that at once would be like yeah. more than two hours. But then like, also a really cool thought is like one like triple album, like Kamasi Washington's, what's that, The Epic? Or melancholy infinite sadness smashing pumpkins yeah those are like can you think of any other like triple albums like i know those are two like triple albums like melancholy is literally two hours long Mm -hmm. and and that was a major fucking album but yeah like imagine a triple and co-album of the time skips era stuff that'd be pretty pretty cool pretty massive but then like would people would like the press just be like this is too much i don't know what the hell is this yeah I mean, it's interesting to hear you say, like, put Defeat on an EP after, because to me it's, like, so central to the, isn't it now, like, vibe. The Beatles, Rubber Soul, and Revolver were, like, eight months apart, but I'm not a Beatles expert, so I don't know if these were, like, very distinct sessions. I know, you know, this was, like, when they started making, like, full albums and, like, getting away from kind of the single stuff, but... yeah. um, I just know Rubber Soul is like when they started getting into weed. Yeah, right, right. And then Revolver is kind of their like, I don't know, first quote unquote, like psychedelic album or also George was starting to like be more involved with songwriting and. Yeah. I mean, all those like 60s records, man, that like came out like five, six months apart. Like, I think. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, that was 
They just like it's working like clockwork. But in terms of like kind of the same session era, I mean, Dylan's self portrait and New Morning, I feel like are kind of in the same universe. Th- those albums have kind of been rediscovered as of late by like Dylan fans. What else? In terms of more modern stuff, Deer Hunter released two albums in 2008. Microcastle and Weird Era continued. Oh, right. Yeah. And that was definitely a, a sort of case of like, we're just kind of overflowing with, yeah. with stuff. Yeah. I don't know if those came from like the same writing sessions. That's a weird one because I like loved Deer Hunter and was so into Microcastle at the time, but I didn't spend a lot of time with Weird Era. Ooh, it's the reverse for me. For whatever reason, really? Yeah, I love I love Weird Era. Micah Castle is probably the one Deer Hunter album I spent like the least amount of time with. Oh wow, I love Weird Era. Crazy, fucking sick ass album art. The like skull eye thing. Yeah, or that was like maybe Micro Castles uh, too. I'm not sure. Bruce Springsteen released two albums in one day in 1992: Lucky Town and Human Touch. Okay, boss. Yeah. Not his best stuff, maybe his weakest stuff, but um, there's there's some good stuff. Ryan Adams, are we allowed to talk about Ryan Adams anymore? <laughs> Ryan Adams released three albums in 2005. Right, he had like that was with like the, the Cardinals, Easy Tiger kind of vibe. That, that was oh seven. This was oh, okay. um, Cold Roses, Jacksonville City Nights, which were with the Cardinals. Those were kind of similar. I thought like Jacksonville City Nights was like more like country. Oh, Death Grips released two albums in 2012, No Love, Deep Web, and Money Store. Right. I don't really know No Love, Deep Web. I love Money Store, though. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get the sense with them that the rapid release is is less like a same session, oh, we have more stuff thing, and more just like a in a time of insane productivity. Yeah. Uh, In terms of like modern bands, I think like Big Thief, like this is just a band that's just like... Cranking out the output. Right. But in terms of just like, all right, they're they're in their zone. In the zone, yeah. Whereas this is, yeah, I don't know, maybe a little bit less that and a little bit more just the practicality of like life. And like, yeah. all right, we got together at this point. We generated a lot of new material. Yeah. The National just dropped a right. second album. That's um, second one this year. I, I think... I don't really like the national. I used to be huge into them. I've kind of yeah. not really paid can you, attention. Can you to the give last... me the elevator pitch on this band? Because I just have tried so many times and on paper, I should like this band, but I just, I just can't, man. I so just is it can't. the voice? Is it the deep baritone? That's sort I, of the barrier. I, I don't know. Like I kind of like that stuff. Does he get into like, Spoken word stuff, or is he like trying usually like singing? Kind of, I wouldn't call him spoken uh, word. It's not the voice, I don't think. I think it's just like all of it is just so monotonous and just like blends in. I just that's one band where it's like, Justin, like you should like this band. What is wrong with you? I've seen them live, I've listened to interesting. Wow, and I just feel nothing. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Like, it's sort of like what I tell people about. The game of soccer. Like if you don't understand it, just see it, see it live first. Like go to a game. It's kind of like the national. I was like, because mm. I had the similar it's thing like the early dead. on, and for me it was sort of the voice thing. But I feel like after I saw him live for the first time, something kind of clicked, and I was like, this is cool. 
And yeah, I mean, I think uh, Boxer through Trouble Will Find Me era is all pretty fire. I haven't listened to it. I haven't listened a ton to the last couple. But um, like the 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 recent stuff, like Aaron Dessner working with with Taylor Swift and kind of the skittery beats and the piano, I'm just like hard pass, man. Just so yeah, so fucking boring and just well, that's a whole yeah. I mean, it's 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 funny because it feels like they sort of and now they're trying to ride that T Swift train, like yeah. you know she's on their albums and it kind of sucks the air out of the room and like. Is she on their albums? She's on the first one that they released this year. Yeah. Whoa. They've kind of, it seems like they've taken. Man, I'm really like, out of the. Anyway, they've also released the quick follow up to this year. Um, but yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't need more. I definitely did once though. I was really into Mad Men at the same time I was like into them. Maybe there's like a sort of spiritual connection between I don't know I just think of like alcoholic New Yorkers who are like yeah working men with beards who stare out of windows yeah at night like doing business during the daytime then like just getting whiskey and staring into fireplaces in the evening time I, yeah I don't, I don't know yeah I don't know man I don't hey know. it's all good yeah it's okay Isn't it now or painting with? Which one would you pick if you had to pick? Well, I feel so unprepared for that question. Maybe it's not even a difficult decision for you. I don't know. I think like the kind of novelty of painting with at the time was maybe a little more exciting than this isn't it now rollout. I don't know. What what do you think? Which one do you take over? I definitely like the palette and the vibe more for Isn't It Now. Mm-hmm. But Painting With has some great songs. I just, I'm not crazy about the production. We mm-hmm. should save that for a Painting With pod, which I'm very excited for. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I like that you brought that up because it is kind of, I don't know. I think Painting With feels like, it felt like the first one that's like, all right, this is our job now. Like, <laughs> yeah, we literally have to like, like. I don't like. like we don't, literally have to make money now. Yeah, like I don't want it to sound pejorative, but yeah. No, I, let's. Yeah, well, let's table this because okay, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna drop a we're fat painting with episode, <laughs> and it's it's gonna be good. Right on. But um, no, I'm excited to spend more time with the new album. Got the listening parties coming up. Yeah, if you guys are listening to this Friday, September 29th, and you're in L.A., come on out to In Sheep's Clothing for the vinyl hi-fi listening. Yeah, we're going to be there. We'll be we'll be easy to find. We're two skinny white guys. We're going to be at an Animal Collective listening party. So I'll be wearing a Orioles hat.
I don't know if it's because it's like the the, the quick part two album that I feel like Domino the label is not doing a lot of press or pushing it a lot. I mean, they're not touring. I guess some billboards, some listening parties. There's not a lot of interviews, really. Was there a lot? There was. There were definitely interviews for Time Skiffs, but yeah, I don't remember a ton of other. Well, yeah, that's interesting. No interviews. I mean, we're at the week of release, and yeah, you'd think they'd be they'd be coming out. I mean, maybe some will in the coming days, but I read like a a Noah Substack interview today. That was pretty good, but. Man, I still need to catch up on his interviews. He did a talk house one, and then there's that Ion Pack one. Should we talk about, like, what's next? Yeah. I mean, I guess things will quiet down a bit after this. I feel like 2022 and, and this year was a lot of stuff in the Anko world, but mm-hmm. we know that Noah has had an album ready to go, I think, for a while. Deacon wants to record some songs for his album. Didn't AV like form a group called Gator Pools or something like that with like two other people, I think. So it sounds cool. Who knows? I didn't know Panda Bear had a new one ready to go. Yeah. Sinister Grift, I think, is the working title. Sinister Grift, yeah. There's like one set on YouTube of him like playing the, the songs live. How would you like to see them come back? Like what lineup or what kind of instruments would you like yeah. to see them play? That's always a fun exercise. Yeah, I mean, we did an interview recently about Panda Bear's Young Prayer album that will be coming out soon. We spoke in that one how, like, it'd be really tight to hear a return to, like, acoustic mm-hmm. stuff. Also really intrigued by All the Clubs Are Broken. I hope they don't go in that direction. You hope they don't? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Take me there, dude. Yeah, you want you want some back in, in the club? I'm just animal curious. Collective. I just, I'm, I'm just intrigued. <laughs> I might not like it when I get there, but I'm, I'm really yeah. curious what would happen I, if yeah, they talked to Yeah, I would be surprised if they did that just because of like judging from kind of where they're at as solo artists right now and like what they're, doing yeah i do think like yeah like a a sung tongs with all four of them would be so sick like dude like noah yeah i but like noah mostly on like percussion but like maybe get a little maybe add some gadgets like like imagine if noah like did like a carlos nino style percussion thing where he just got some weird like gadgets and then remember he said around the buoys time that originally he wanted to do like band like a buoys band sort of like a violent femme setup. Mm. Something like that could be wild. I mean, uh I think AV should go back to guitar. Yeah, like man. like the yeah. bass was a cool little be sick to see him thing. back on guitar for but sure. Yeah, like back on like guitar cuz he hasn't really been doing that. Yeah. Since like Centipede era. Yeah. You know they've got to be hankering like a instrumental change up at least, you know, like they they switch gears so often, and this is their first like two albums on yeah. one kind of thing that you that I feel like it's a safe bet that they're probably for the next one not gonna do as much of a same instrumental lineup again. Yeah, I don't I'm think looking forward go, to seeing what the next configuration. Yeah, I don't think they'd go three for three with this. Yeah, but yeah, that that would be cool. But who knows? You know, they could always do a left turn and. Make like a gospel album or something. I don't know. 
So yeah, that's isn't it now. Um, if you guys want to email us or or DM us about your thoughts, let us know. Yeah, but yeah. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Gmail. Bonefishpod at gmail dot com. And uh, stay grounded like the spruce. In the meantime, see ya. Peace. Bonfest. Bonfest.